0: church before you be seated i just feel my spirit that we need to praise god with our lips of what god did in the year 2021 so as we enter into a time of prayer i encourage you to lift up your voices pray with me this morning jesus god we thank you so much for what you did last year God, all the times that you provided for us, whether it was financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Saints, lift up your voices today. God, we thank you so much for everything that you've given our families. God, we are so grateful for all the things that you did in our life in the year 2021. God, as we enter into the new year, better is yet to come. God, we are anticipating, we are excited to see the things that you will do. This is just the beginning of the great things you're going to do in our lives. God, we cannot praise you enough. God, we cannot thank you enough. You are mighty. Jesus. God, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that goes before us. God, you've already gone before us this year. We are anticipating great things that you will do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. It is an honor and privilege to be with you this morning as it's the first Sunday of the new year. Better is yet to come. Most of us reflect uh, when New Year's comes, New Year's Eve, we reflect on the things that Uh, we did in our lives or what God did in the year previous and many of us start our new year as New Year's resolutions and a few of us got together and we all talked like what are you gonna do this year what is God gonna do in your life this year and uh, I don't know if anybody still does New Year's resolutions but a lot of the things that most Americans pick are save money pay down debt let's be honest uh, diet and exercise spend more time with family maybe travel more Um, most of us say praying and reading our word more. I came across this meme, and I actually thought it was pretty funny. It says, I don't call them New Year's resolutions. I prefer the term casual promises to myself that I am under no legal obligation to fulfill. Some Some of us are there, right? Today we will be studying the lives of the Israelites and the lessons we can learn from them. If the Israelites would have New Year's resolutions, I feel like this is what they would be. Obedient when God told them to do something the first time. Have greater faith instead of always doubting. Not be as stubborn. I can attest. Not be as stubborn to the Lord. Surrendering to God's will. Trusting God without understanding. Instead of complaining, praising God. So through the life of the Israelites, their fierce leader, Moses, led them out of Egypt. And there are many things as they were going to the promised land that we can glean from. From their mistakes, their sins, their complaints, and even their victories. God continued to bless his people even though their hearts grew hardened toward him. He continued to do miracle after miracle providing for them in supernatural ways. Time and time again, the Israelites would doubt and lacked faith if God would provide for them. As the Israelites journeyed to the promised land, there are several obstacles that they had faced. And each time, fear arose and they started to complain. But they kept seeing God provide for them. They just needed to trust in him. So we pick up the Israelites' story After being in captivity for 430 years, can you imagine being in captivity and in slavery for that long? 430 years. God releases them out of Egypt. God sent 10 plagues to Egypt to convince Pharaoh to release his people out of slavery. After the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn, Pharaoh released the Israelites to go serve their God. It says this in Exodus 13, 21. This is how God led them. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them along the way. And by night in the pillar of fire to give them light that they may travel by day and by night. That is so amazing how as they begin their journey, God gave them miraculously the way to go. Whether it was night or day, God provided for them. So our first lesson that we see from the Israelites and we glean from them is letting go of control. Letting go of control. This is one of the hardest things for me to do, is allowing God to work and just letting go. Their journey took 25 days from Goshen to the Red Sea. And we pick up the story in Exodus 14, 10 through 11. Follow along with me as I read aloud when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So you see this imagery here. The Israelites were encamped right right in front of the Red Sea. And behind them was the Egyptians. So they were feeling this immense pressure as they have the Red Sea in front of them. And that's the way they're supposed to go. They can't imagine how they're going to go across this Red Sea as the Egyptians were coming up behind them to take them captive yet again. The Israelites were growing weary in the journey. It took them 25 days to get to the Red Sea. 25 days. They wanted and they'd rather go back into slavery, what was comfortable, what was familiar. Can you imagine that? They spent Their ancestors had spent 430 years in slavery. And in that instant, in that pressure, They'd rather go back to slavery, what was familiar, instead of the freedom that God had before them. They were afraid of the unknown. They were afraid of being overtaken by the Egyptians. They were afraid of dying. These words that Moses had spoken are so powerful. It says in Exodus 14, verses 13 through 15. And Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Fear not. Stand firm. In our journey with the Lord, there are many times we know in our heads God is working. We know he's working on our behalf. We we allow the current situation or circumstance to cloud his presence and his promise? Could you imagine traveling that far in the midst of God doing miraculous things? They rather give up. In the pressures and the seasons that we go through, we do the same thing. God is providing for us, but in the midst of the pressures of life, we begin to doubt and fear rises up, and we sometimes we just want to give up. How many times has God set us free? maybe from addictions or sins or habits or provided it for us miraculously. But once those pressures of life cave in, we are faced with difficulty. We want to go back to what is familiar, what was comfortable, instead of allowing God to continue to work through us. The Israelites had to let go to allow God to work on their behalf. In the same way, we, as we allow God to work on our behalf in different seasons and situations, we have to let go of control. Letting, my grandma used to always tell me, Kate, you gotta let go and let God. And how often in our life, when things seem out of control, things seem too much, or fear begins to rise up, or doubt begins to rise up, that's the first thing in our nature as a human, we want to take control. We lay it down, but like, oh God, nope, it's too much. We lay it down again. We're like, Oh, I, I need to pick it up again. God, I don't know what you're doing. We need to let go of control and allow God to work. No matter how long it takes, there are so many seasons when we pray for things and we allow, we say, okay, God, we're praying three months, you know, three years, however long it takes. But as soon as the pressures of life come, they kind of come upon us, like the Israelites, you know, the Red Sea was here and the Egyptians were coming up behind them, we, they felt that pressure. They wanted to give up. But in those seasons that we let go and we let God, we can't take control back. God asks us as Christians to fully surrender to God, giving him control. We continue the story as Moses lifted up his staff at the Red Sea. God commanded him to do that. And as soon as Moses lifted up that staff, the Red Sea parted. And as the Israelites traveled, I actually never knew this as a kid. I used to hear this Bible story all the time growing up as a kid. It took the Israelites, so remember it took them 25 25 days to journey to the Red Sea. It took them six hours and nine miles to cross the Red Sea. So as as they crossed, God called Moses to lift up his staff again. And as he lifted up his staff again, the Red Sea came back to normal and engulfed the Egyptians. God provided for them miraculously. I can't imagine what it would have been like to see the Red Sea go up on each side. As we're letting go, as this new year, as we're going to the year 2022, may we allow Moses' words to resonate in our hearts and our minds, that when situations come up or circumstances this year come up, we're reminded that we can't allow the pressures or the situations or the circumstances cloud God's promises and God's presence in our life. Allow Moses' words to resonate in our hearts and we be reminded to stand firm. Fear not. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. Let's allow this be a year best is yet to come. As we anticipate and we are expecting God to move in this year, as we fully let go and let God, may this be the best year yet. The second lesson we learn is trusting without understanding. In chapter 15, it begins with the Israelites praising God, thanking Him. You're so wonderful. We just crossed the Red Sea. We just journeyed out of Egypt. The Egyptians didn't get us. You set us free. But in the same lips and in the same words, just as they praised God, they began to complain again. In Exodus 15, 22 through 26, read along with me. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea. They went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Myra, they could not drink the water of Myra because it was bitter. Therefore it was named Myra. And the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statue and a rule. There he tested them saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments. Keep all his statues. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord your healer. Just as the Lord had provided them. They just crossed the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness. Just a couple days and they couldn't find water. Instead of praying and saying, God, would you provide again? We know you just did a miracle. We believe in a miracle again. Instead of trusting that God would provide, what did they do? They complained. But even though the Israelites' hearts were growing harder, even though that they had doubts, God still was faithful to them. He provided a supernatural miracle for them, turning the bitter water into sweet water. It's interesting how, how faithful God was to the Israelites. In each and every time that they complained, God was so faithful. If we were to evaluate our lives today, do we have any grumbling or complaining in our life? It is easy to be in a season of waiting on the Lord and we begin to revert to complaining or grumbling instead of trusting him. Even when we don't understand the season or situation or circumstance we're in, God calls us to trust him and to give him praise. If anybody in this congregation has kids or teenagers or you've worked with kids or teenagers, I've worked with um, minors for over 15 years, and it's so often that you're like, hey, would you mind doing this? They're like, oh, do I have to? Like, no, I really need you to do this, but please, no. No. Right? Can anybody attest, if you have kids you know, or teenagers, they complain all the time, no matter how big or how little the task is. And you think while you're raising your kids or working with teenagers, oh, they'll grow out of it. Listen, still as adults, we can attest, we still have some grumbling and complaining in us. And if anybody's not, not there with me, I, I grumble and complain to the Lord all the time. I'm like, but Lord, it's been 24 hours. Why haven't you answered my prayer? Or, <laughs> Caroline taking her hand, Or you're like, um, wait, God, you, you said this promise was going to come true, and I need, it, I need it done in five more minutes. I have five more minutes of patience, right? As soon as we are complaining and grumbling, God's like, don't you remember how many times I've already paid that bill for you or provided that house for you to drive, uh, the house you to live in or the car to drive in? But so often we look at the current situation and the current circumstance, and we forget everything else that God has already done. I love what uh, David David prays in Psalms 63. David's in a, in a desperate situation. He's in the wilderness, and he's fleeing from either Saul or Absalom. And he writes this prayer to God, seeking his guidance, seeking his presence, and he earnestly prays this. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. For you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the riches of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadows of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. May our souls this year in 2022 have that anticipation, that longing, that thirst, that hunger. May our lives not be one of stagnant or complacency, but may we have the same hunger, the same desperation, whether it's a good season, a rough season. Maybe maybe have that longing, that thirst for God to do mighty things in our life. May, May our lips be full of praises, continually praise him. God, I I might not know where you're going, but I'm going to praise you. I might not understand why I'm in this current situation or circumstance, but I'm going to praise you. May the complaining or the grumbling or the complacency be laid at the altar. And may this this year be the best year yet to come. Because our lips and our lives and our hearts and our souls are full of his praises. God, I know you are a mighty God. I've seen what you've done in the past, and I am expecting greater things. I'm anticipating greater things. When I wake up in the morning, no matter what season I find myself in, I will praise you. I will give you all the glory and the honor, even though I don't understand. Even though I'm laying down control, I will trust you. And that is something that we have to decide before we wake up. As we wake up in the morning, we have to decide that. Because as different things comes our way, different pressures, different decisions come our way, we have to make that declaration each and every day. God, I stand firm, as Moses said. I will not waver. You will fight for me. I don't have to pick up control again. I don't have to understand why I'm going through this. But I proclaim, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord no matter what pressures come, no matter what comes my way. May this be the best that is yet to come. The year 2022. Letting go of control. Trusting without understanding. God, we are expecting and anticipating greater things this year. The third lesson we learn from the Israelites is today's portion. We pick up the story in Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 through 4. On day 15 of the second month. After their departure from Egypt, the Israelites grew hungry and complained against Moses and Aaron, saying, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by pots of meat and ate bread to the full, now you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us, all all with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, day's portion, that it may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Can you just imagine bread falling from heaven? That is so amazing. I, in my life, I love free things. I get so excited when there are things that are free. I used to have a membership to this warehouse. You had to pay per year and you get certain amount of visits, but you go and you get as much free stuff as you want. It's so exciting. And I used to like come out with random things. It was like leftovers from warehouses or factories, like random piece of fabric or rubber dots or pom poms, like crazy stuff. And people used to ask me like, Uh, Pastor Kate, what are you going to do with that stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll find a way. I mean, it's free. We got to use it. Or is anybody else like me, when you're driving along the road and you see, like, stuff and you're like, oh, I could totally use that. And you're driving. You're like, I got to do it. u turn. I'm I'm often drive with Pastor Xavier and he's like, Kate, you don't need that. You don't need that. I'm like, but I want it. It's free. Anybody with me? Anybody love free stuff? I love free stuff. All right, we're going to continue the story in Exodus. Let's see what the Israelites do with this manna from heaven, this free food that God had given them. Verses 15 through 21. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat, You shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more and some less. When they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it for over till the next morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning, they gathered each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. God provided for the Israelites in a supernatural way. God was testing them that they would be obedient. They were supposed to gather enough manna for today. Not for tomorrow, but for today. They were greedy and did not listen to God's instructions. They took the situation into their own hands. God gives us our spiritual manna, which is his word, his prayer, and his voice for today. To live victoriously for him. As we walk out our faith, we continually find ourselves... Taking today's manna for God to guide us. But if we were honest with ourselves, how many of us try to live on yesterday's spiritual devotion, yesterday's prayer, and forget about today's portion? I can attest that in my life when it gets busy, you know, we get in a routine. We got to get to work or we got to go to school or we got to get here. We got to get there. And then when we get home, we got to cook dinner and we got to do this. We forget about today's spiritual manna. And we try to live off yesterday's devotions, yesterday's prayer, God's voice that he spoke to us yesterday. Instead of saying, God, I need today's spiritual manna. May this be a year that each and every day that we wake up, we would have the same urgency that David did when he prayed. God, we need you. We long you. We need your voice for today. Where do you direct me? Where do you guide me today? Holy Spirit, we need you. We can't live off yesterday's manna. We need to ask God for today's manna. We can't expect to drive our car unless we put gas in it. We can't expect to turn the lights on or use our phone unless we pay the bill. We can't expect food to be in in the refrigerator unless we get Instacart or we go to the grocery store. In the same way, we need to be diligent. We need to persevere. We need to be disciplined to ask God today, what do you have for me today? Where's your spirit guiding me today? Matthew 6.11 says, Give us today our daily bread. Maybe, may that be a cry of our heart this year, that we're anticipating greater things. Best is yet to come as we let go of control, trusting without understanding. God, we need your portion today. We're expecting and anticipating greater things this year. The fourth lesson we learn from the Israelites is remembering his goodness. When the Israelites come to Rephidim, they complain because there's no water to drink. They ask Moses, why have you brought us out of Egypt? Was it to kill us, our children, our livestock with thirst? Their complaints are serious enough for Moses to think they are going to stone him. And then in verse 6 it says behold I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it and the people will drink and Moses did so in the sight of the other elders they had forgotten God's goodness God just had parted the red sea turned bitter water into sweet manna falling from heaven they complained. May we remember all of God's goodness. Many of us can reflect in the year 2021, however that year panned out for you and your life, but we can all attest that God was good. God provided. He did miraculous things in my life, and I know he probably did miraculous things in your life. His promises stand true. I'm going to go ahead and have the worship team come up. Um, There's something that I I traveled to the land of Israel, and I remember seeing these stones. And everyone got a stone this morning. You can pull that stone out. And as I was in the land of Israel, I saw these stones, and I was like, what are these these stones? Memorial stones in the Bible mark religious events or sacrifices. The nation of Israel or individuals will mark certain places with these stones to remind them of what God had done or what God had brought them through and what God's promises mean. In Joshua 4, it says, The Lord commanded Joshua to have the people take up 12 stones from the Jordan River. And as they passed through it, it would be a sign among them. So God had uh, parted that Jordan River and they passed on dry ground. And they were entering into the promised land. And the reason they stacked up 12 stones was it was a reminder of where they had come from in the beginning of where God was taking them. It says in 420, And those 12 stones which they took up out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And these stones were a reminder to the Israelites not to forget. Not to forget. And this year... I'm going to share some things that uh, in the past years, I'm going to share some things that God had done in my life that I often forgot how God had provided for me because of the situations and circumstances I was facing, the pressures of life, I began to complain or fear or doubt, or I wanted to go back to my old ways because I had forgotten God's goodness. And today you got a stone and I want us to reflect about God's goodness When I was in high school, I was in a private high school, my last year, I didn't have enough, uh, my family didn't have enough finances to pay for tuition. And God provided supernaturally. In college, I needed a physical healing and God healed me. My first ministry job, doors weren't opening, doors weren't opening, and then God opened the perfect door for me to step into full-time ministry when I was um, in ministry I didn't get paid a lot and I was like God I don't know how to pay my bills but I know I'm supposed to be here and God paid my bills recently I just applied for a townhouse in Tennessee and I don't have a job but God gave me the house so each of us have different circumstances and situations that said but God so this stone is a remembrance saying God I might not know where you're leading me but I trust you God I know that your goodnesses are true and as we, ref- as we reflected on what God did in 2021, we're going to spend some time in prayer saying, God, what do you have in store for me for year 2022? Better is yet to come. I'm anticipating, I'm expecting you to do a great work in my life. It says in 1 Thessalonians five seventeen through 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. This year, I want to live that is full of his praises, reminding myself of his goodness. Best is yet to come. May we be the people that let go of control. Trust God without understanding why we're in where the situation we're in. God we need you for today's portion God maybe we're reminding each and every day of your goodness we're expecting and anticipating the best is yet to come so if you could just stand with me this morning I encourage you to hold that rock in your hand as you stand we're going to sing one song and as we sing this song I want you to pray reflect and say God the best is yet to come what do you have in store for me May I live this year anticipating and expecting your goodness. I'm not sure the year that you had in 2021, but I know for me that I'm expecting even greater in year 2022. I'm excited. I'm anticipating. I'm longing for more of God in this nation. In this city, we need more of God. And may our lives and the Spirit rise up inside of us that says, God, I'm not satisfied with less. I'm anticipating more. God, I need more of you this year. May our life, may may the Holy Spirit live inside of us that when people come in contact with us, they say, wow, something's different about that person. I want to know what is inside of them. So I want you and I encourage you, don't go anywhere linger in his spirit. Pray out loud and say, "God, I need more of you that we may not want to go back to where we came from. That we're anticipating where we're going." So often in my life, I find myself looking in the rearview rear mirror. What if? What if? But no. I'm going to look through the the windshield this year and I'm going to be full throttle into what God is doing in the year 2022. All right, church, let's pray.